Hey there, Mando fans. It's me, Josh, head of the Twist of My Arm Network. And me, Jesse, frozen in carbonite and dragged along for the ride. And thanks for checking out Questing. You're going to hear us ask you to call in and contribute to the show, but unfortunately, it's already over. So don't do it. We recorded this show live, but now it's just a regular old podcast. That's right. The Mando is in the can. But if you want to be part of our next show, you can start doing that right now. Starting in January, we're going to be watching Firefly every Friday night, and you can join us live. Follow Twist My Arm on Facebook to be notified when we go live. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 508-93-TWIST about your favorite Firefly episode, and we'll play it when we get there. The Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch launches on Friday, January 15th, and you can find it wherever you're already listening to Questly. Speaking of, here's Questly. Oh, hello, and welcome to The Movement Podcast, where we talk about movies, video games, music, and TV, but more importantly, this week, we're talking about The Mandalorian, Season 2, Episode 3, The Heiress. With me tonight, I have Mr. Jesse Bailey. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. I don't know if you can tell. (laughs) This is kind of my song. I know. I love this song. It's just so good. Yeah, the horns really do it for me. Yeah. So, anyway, yes, we are the Movement Podcast. Hashtag. Hashtag. And like I said before, we do specialize in movies, video games, music, and TV. Uh, but this week and every Friday, we are covering the Mandalorian and the new season. Um, you can find us on all of your social media outlets. My cats are running around down here, but all of your social media outlets, uh, like us and subscribe on all of those things. And you can listen to all of our podcasts on anywhere podcasts are heard. Um, like I said, this week is season two, episode three, the heiress, or as I like to call it, the episode where the child gets what's coming to him. (laughs) I, so I don't know, man. See, if that if that child behind you there on the shelf, if he were real, the benefit to him would be that he would eat your cats. And then we wouldn't have to deal with that anymore. Because, <laughs> as I like to say, nobody should own a cat. Um, I'm sure we're going to get... <clears throat> if we're ever going to get like angry messages on Facebook, this is why. It'll be because I said something about cats. But about cats, I'm all right with yeah. it. I'm okay with it. Bring it on. Yeah, this yeah, this uh, right. this episode, I feel like the whole time they were like, what's going to happen to baby Yoda? Is he going to yeah. get his just desserts now that he's <laughs> been, you know, just mowing babies? Is he going to have some kind of consequences to that? Spoiler alert. Nope. It's a Disney nope. show. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so this week's episode is directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, um, Ron Howard's daughter. She starred in Jurassic World, um, and she also did the Chicken Walker episode from last season. I think episode four. Oh, really? Or something like that. Yeah, she did the very cool. Yeah, where where he like went to the village and they had to battle the Chicken Walker and blah blah blah. But oh, she right, directed right. that episode. Um, it was written by John Favreau, of course. It seems like he's doing all of the writing. Uh, Dave Filoni obviously has a little bit of a part in it, but all the credits go to, to John Favreau. So do you think Favreau's just been at home? A thing. 
He's been at home like in quarantine. He's like, I don't have anything to do. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to write all the Star Wars. I don't care. I'm just going to write all the Star Wars <laughs> and I'm going to hand it off and it'll be good. It'll be fine. I mean, m- maybe, but he gets all the writing Wouldn't credits, you? which I'm okay with because he kills it. So uh, music again, Ludwig Granison. Gren- Gren- I'm totally butchering that name, but somebody he does a wonderful job. Somebody um, with an affinity week, for flutes. Yeah. Well, it's recorders. Um, on yeah, the, I know, the Josh. I know. We talked about it. It's 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 a recorder. <laughs> it's not a flute. You made a whole big I'm point. Sorry, There's I'm a sorry, documentary. If anybody's interested, you can watch a documentary about how it's actually a recorder and not a flute. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because bad. of no, no. I'm only saying this so that so that I can go. I would say a recorder is a type of flute, and then we'll leave it at that until next time somebody brings up the flute and recorder. But, <laughs> um, I, I always like to mention the guest stars of this week's episode. Um, we had let's Katie see, Sackoff. Simon. Well, I was going to start at the the bottom and work my way up because I had a little bit to say about that. But oh, go we for had it. Sa- Sasha Banks. Um, she's that's her wrestler name, most more known as. But she played. Koska Reeves. We had Simon Cassianides played X Woves, and then we had Bradley D Baker who played the Frog Lady. Um, he's a he does a lot of voices on Clone Wars, but most importantly, we had uh, Katie Sackoff coming back to play her character Bo Katan, which to me is really 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 cool that. She so Katie Sackhoff, for those of you that don't know, she voiced um Bo Katan in Clone Wars. That she was like the voice. And they brought her back to play her live action version. And Is she, she the killed first it. character to do that? Um well, or maybe the first one in Mando, right? First one in Mando, yes. The first one, I believe, to really do it was I mean, it ha- it would have been one of the original cast that did a voice for the animated special or something, right? I think it might like have it's... been Darth Maul, maybe? I, I don't... Oh, whoever. <laughs> Not the guy that <laughs> played him, but the guy that did his voice? Yes, and it's weird because I'm pretty sure that the guy who played Darth Maul was in Solo, but then the guy who did his voice did his voice in Solo Ray Park. as well. Ray, Ray Park well, played Darth Ray Maul. Park was the actor, and then... Uh, the Sam Whitworth was the voice actor, and right. he, I'm pretty, I, I could be completely wrong here, but I'm pretty sure that he did the, uh, the voice in Solo as well. Anyway, I would look it up because I like to know when you're wrong, but it's also too much effort. So I'm probably, you know, you know I, I, I might be up. wrong. You, you guys can always call <laughs> me out, but I, I do have a bone to pick with that a little later on in the show. Um, with. With Katie Sackhoff returning as oh, Bo-Katan. Okay. Um, I, I do have some things to say, but we're going to save that for a little bit later um, when the point is relevant. Um, before we get into anything, I do want to open up the phone lines. This is uh, definitely a spoiler episode, so make sure that if you're watching or listening that you have watched the episode. And if you have watched the episode and you would like to call in, and discuss it with us. The phone lines are open. You can call us at 508-93-TWIST. Um, we're going to get right into this thing here. Did you, Damn, first of all... Are going crazy. <laughs> uh, 
straight across the top. Did you like this episode better or I've, less than the last episode? I liked it better than the first episode. Really? Um, and that's a lot of that's due to nostalgia and just kind of how this episode went and like the name drops and, right. and just the way the story moved forward in this one and all of the crazy like theories that I have going through my head now with <laughs> with what they and they didn't even say much. They didn't even go into much detail, but it's yeah. still like it was I would it was enough to say, get the juices flowing. Agreed. But I would say that personally I liked this better than the last episode, but not better than the first episode. Um the first episode has Timothy Oliphant, oh, and this dang. one sort of just doesn't. So, um, hang on a second. Here. There's kind of a thing there. So, um, yeah, I just it's like we got a know. call. Is this is this a caller? We have a caller here from Fort Collins. You're on the Movement yeah, Podcast. Press one. Oh. Send a voicemail. Oh press shit! Two. I don't know how these work. <laughs> We're working on it. Hello. Nope, that didn't work. So hopefully they call back. <laughs> um, hopefully, I don't give know. us another call. We're working on it. <laughs> yeah, it it should it should work, but the Google Voice thing is kind of weird. So we don't get a lot of callers. Um, <laughs> Alternatively, yeah. if you want, you can leave a voicemail there and we'll play it. But if you give us another call, we'll give it another shot. We're still working on it. Yes, we're very sure. new to this whole podcasting. Well, not that new, but you know what I mean. <laughs> we're new to the to the intricacies of this podcast now. I would say. Here we go. Let's try this again. There we go. Call from. Is that your? Uh, this is Ricky for the. To accept, press one. Send a voicemail. Yes. Press two. Ah, uh, there we go. Oh, this is Ricky. You're on the Movement Podcast. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? We so are good. Good. Can you hear Jesse? Mando Friday. Hello, this no, is I Jesse. Cannot. Can you does, hear me, Ricky? It does not, a, it does not appear that he right. can hear That's okay. You. Josh, you do the talking. I will. Do I need to hear? Nobody needs to hear me. No, it's fine. Josh, go for it. See, that was... Uh, <laughs> Oh man, that sucks. Okay, no, I guess you don't need to hear Jesse. What? What's? What's up, man? What do you, you wanted to talk about, Mandalorian? Yeah, I thought I'd join in with you guys. Sounds like you were having some fun. We are definitely having some fun. You know, let me let me try something here really quick to see if I can. <laughs> nah, I don't. I actually don't think Jesse's going to be able to hear you, but that's okay. I will try no. and relay this. I as can hear much Ricky just can. fine. Uh, if we want to try this next week or something, I'm open to any way we want to play this. You're good. You're good. Hey, Go man, we're, we're good to do it. I'm going to just ahead. do my best to relay all this stuff. I actually have a comment thread that I can uh, type this to Jesse too as well. So, so we'll do this. What okay. what did you what did you want to talk about today? We're we're just starting in with the episode. We just like basically went into uh, the first part of it. We're just kind of talking about them crash landing. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I noted, and it might be that I haven't been paying close attention, it might be that uh, we're seeing more top-down shots of Mando's ship, but is anybody else thinking that his, uh, his ship looks kind of like 
Serenity from Firefly more so in this episode than it has previously. Um, you know, what do what what do you think, Jesse? Because I I didn't really watch a lot of Firefly. He's he's saying definitely. It definitely looks like Firefly. This is this is a really fun way to do this, but um, <laughs> I, I, I you know. I guess I guess I just need to watch Firefly because I've heard a few different points of that where people are saying that it's very similar to that style and how Firefly like was. <laughs> I guess it's very much Western in space. Yeah, it's definitely a Western space, and it's got all the attitude. It's got all the comedy. It's got action. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, what did you think about this week's episode? I thought it was good. Uh, I thought it was really interesting to meet up with the other Mandalorians. Uh, I was pretty shocked when they uh, said that our Mando was kind of a religious zealot. And I had never from that angle, but it definitely made sense. And it it turned every episode up until this one previously. It really took an interesting twist and turned to the plot of all of those episodes. I agree. I, I think they they really drove a wedge into, like, this whole story. Like, it was... They, they opened it up to way more of just Mandalorian taking the child to a Jedi. It's it's now a, a way bigger picture. You know, you bring in mm. Bo-Katan and, and her little clan, and they're talking about getting the dark saber and we already know about Moff Gideon and like, I don't know. I just, I feel like this story is going to be huge now. Yeah. Um, Oh my goodness. It looks like I lost Jesse, but that's okay. Um, what? So, so let me, we're going to just start this off. Like the crash landing part. Um, I have been really impressed with all of the space graphics and like like the way that that this this uh, this series looks now. It, they've really put a lot of effort into you know the I don't know just these these shots. Like, wh- what were your thoughts on this on this first opening scene? Uh. Not only is it impressive, like you're saying, it looks great, but it's also got that just flicker of comedy underneath everything, the way uh, he's pulling up, he's doing all this amazing action, uh, all these, you know, the spaceport is telling him, you have to slow down, you're going to crash, you have to slow down. He's got all of the Mon Calamari uh, staring him down, like, are you going to crash into our space? (laughs) Yeah. And he almost pulls it off. He almost pulls it off. And then one of his engine goes out and he just flips into the bay. Yeah. Can you hear me, Josh? And it it goes from action, 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 excitement to just a flicker of comedy at the end. And that's, I'm really enjoying that. Uh, uh, some notes. Yeah. Did you feel, did you uh, feel like they when continued they were going that down RPG before they broke into the thing? atmosphere? Uh, I think the frog lady was asking, 
we're even going to make it. And he goes, if we don't burn to a crisp. Oh, yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, they've, I really enjoy that. They've, they've done a lot of great work on, on mixing this, like, Star Wars action with comedy, a little bit more comedy than, than we're used to. Um, I I would like to extend the offer to get you on our show next week on a video chat so then we can all hear each yeah. other. Um, it, it's going to be just so hard to, to continue to try and relay <laughs> back and forth here. Um, but definitely keep keep watching and join us in the comments and just say like peep in on anything that you want to say and we'll mention it and like discuss it and stuff like that um <laughs> yeah so, thanks for having me on yeah and, dude uh, next week or hopefully i'll be back next week as long as i didn't upset anybody too much no 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 this is all this is all my fault we're still so <laughs> new to this whole like getting sure. people in and everyone being able to hear it so normally like if we have a caller, everyone's in the same room, but with the streaming from different areas, it's just a little bit weird. So if anyone has any pointers out there, hit me up. Um, but yeah, Ricky, we'll we'll be in touch here in the next few days, and we'll get you like hooked up with all the right things to get on the actual show. Sure thing. Thanks for having me on. Cool man. Thanks. And I'll talk. Yeah, man. Thanks for calling. Good cool. to hear from talk you, Ricky. You. We appreciate Bye. it. Yes, it was great to, to hear from Ricky. And my apologies, everyone. Um, I'm actually going to just go back to this here because, <laughs> man, I need to work out these kinks too. Because I don't want to hurt anybody a, else. I, I just look like a jackass now. No, but no, you're in okay. the comments, you can post anything that you'd like to, to say to us, and we are paying attention and watching that, and we'll mention it on here. Um as we were talking about, we got into that first opening scene, the comedy again in this flawless. Um, they did a really good job with like, especially in that we're going, we're jumping around, but going from the opening scene to the very end scene where they're on the Imperial ship and you know, they're like, we got him, We trapped him, Right. And the guy's like, what do you mean you trapped him? <laughs> like you didn't like, trap it. Do you understand that the ship is built to fall to pieces in case of an emergency? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, I, here's the thing. It, right away in this episode, so I was really like, you know, I'm like, okay, they're going to do a bunch of story stuff, right? They have to because they set a bunch of it up in the last episode. Right. But they they definitely did that, but they still stuck with, like, the very first part of it still felt very RPG quest to me. He's like, oh, over there at the inn by the bounty yeah. board? You know, like, yeah. yes, I'll head over there, like... <laughs> That was really cool. Um, I'll talk to the innkeeper and he'll give me a job. I feel like, yeah, seriously. And he'll, you know, his daughter will be missing, but also his family (laughs) is cursed. Um, Yeah. I feel like when he was falling through the atmosphere, um, the sound that I was hearing was the same engine stalling sound from Anakin's pod racer. Like the... (laughs) A little bit. The same. I think it was actually the exact same sound. I think it okay. was. If you go back and listen, I think it was the exact mm. same sound. I'm not and willing did, to like bet money on did that. Did it sputter but, too? I, I feel like I heard it, it sputter a little bit. The like, like yeah, it gave I can't, a little I can't bit make of that. the noise, but you know what I'm saying. We <laughs> we suck at this part, but yeah, that's that Some was noises, you know. I really liked that. Um, I was as soon as we got to that port, I was like. Oh, cool! The the Cathalians or whatever the squid face guys are called. Oh, uh, they're Quarans. 
Quarens. Quarens, Quarens, whatever Quarens. you call them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call them Cathalians because that's more satisfying for me. Right. Um, but I, was um, like, I have in I my notes, what are they, the, the Davy Jones looking MFs? <laughs> <laughs> Jin Jaren, you're a liar and you'll spend eternity <laughs> on Kavnar for it. Yeah. Um, I love this planet though. Like uh, tra- Trask is what it's called and it's totally like a Pirates of the Caribbean planet. You know, they... Oh yeah, it's... It's Tortuga, the planet. I dig it for sure. Yeah. Like I'm not, I have no problem with Tortuga, the planet. Uh, but I was like, man, I hope we get to see more of those squid guys. And then, you know, my wish was actually granted. Those squid guys were all over this episode. Um, oh, man. And they were kind of, kind of badass, but they kind of got like ambushed, I guess, a little bit. I mean, nobody's going to beat four Mandos, right? Even if three of them are fake, like there's going to be, there's going to be like this. It's just going to be an those, imbalance. Those three Mandos aren't fake. I'll have you Josh, know. From a certain point of view, they are fake Mandos. Um, well, which we'll like, get into. I I posit yep. that the entire theme of this episode is culture clash and you know ideology versus ideology, uh, yep. two sides of the same coin. However you want to phrase it. But they show that repeatedly. And actually, it could probably be argued that that's been the theme of the whole first three episodes um, in in small ways and big ways in different different episodes in different spots. But you could say that that's kind of what it's all about so far. Um, Like you see the kind of him finding out what Mandalorian is all about, like on different Mm. aspects and more of like kind of. Yeah, but more of him seeing like um, the contrast of, okay, here's you know how I, what I think is the way, and here's what these people think is the way, and then here's right. what um, Timothy Oliphant's friends think is the way, and here's what the Sand People think is the way, and right. here's what the Republic thinks is the way, and I think maybe what the Jedi think is the way. I'm gonna float a little Force talk to this guy, sort of thing. So like yeah. he's he's learning that not everything is black and white, right? Everything is shades of gray and that there's two sides of every coin and stuff like that. Right. Um, but the thing that he will not give up on is that he has been quested. Nobody has ever been quested <laughs> as hard as Jin has been so quested. So hard. Man, right. and he says it at least five times in this episode. I've been quested to take like this he knows, child. He knows that he's the main character. So he's like, I've been quested. <laughs> pretty sure at the end of this i get to upgrade my armor there's supposed to be a really cool blue skin that i can get no with like see face paint. He, here's what i think is he upgraded his armor in the last season he's gonna upgrade his ship in this season because oh like ricky was saying because it's falling apart uh excellent point Dude. ricky by the way about the ship looking like it's out of firefly it's like cobbled together from broken ships and like just falling apart and like it's, it looks like it's gonna it fall wrecked. out of the sky it is wrecked. And then at the end of it, it's, you know, uh, Mando pays that Mon Calamari in like, what, a thousand credits? And he just ties some ropes around the wings and stuff. Like You know, Josh, ever since the Empire fell, a thousand credits, it's it's not what it used to be. Yeah, credits are um, no good there, I'm sure. Well, I mean, they are. They're just they're not great. <laughs> right. The, the credits to fish exchange rate is like really bad. <laughs> Um, I'm going to, you know what, actually I'm going to stop there and make a point. So when he repairs Mando's ship, he also takes time to decorate it with like all this fish netting and like, you know, nautical themed stuff. 
On was that decorating of- or putting it back together with fish netting? You're going to tell me that draping some fish netting across the doorway was holding the ship together? Well, it might have been holding the doorway frame together. <laughs> no, he like pushed it out of the way lightly like, uh, this guy has terrible taste. Why did I let him decorate my Corvette? Yeah, I liked so, his little comment too. Ugh, Mon Calamari. Right, but my point <laughs> he is... so disgusted. These are fish people. Wouldn't decorating with fishing nets be like living in terror constantly for them? Be like... <laughs> Like you know, decorating their about walls that. with, with just like reminders, like oh man, it could all end at any time. It's like if <laughs> I could just be like if we decorated our and... our houses with like posters of how heart disease happens and like obesity <laughs> is dangerous, right? Like, yeah, this is this is how I want to live. I just feel this like it's a weird choice for the fish people to decorate with fish nets. Anyways, moving on. No, you you're you're right. Um, you know what I he did... you know what I really like about the RPG in that they visit though is that RPG Inn serves their <laughs> slop with a Matrix-style uh, overhead slop dispenser that pulls down a oh, yeah. and goes... Like, I really yeah. appreciated that. The chowder, he called it chowder. That was not chowder. That was, like I you feel- said, slop. But Well, and I don't watch is- with subtitles, but I feel like if I did, the word chowder would be in air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> this is so... I. I I put in, speaking of air quotes, but in parentheses at the beginning, I put, this is the episode where the child gets what's coming to him. And this is part <laughs> one of that with the chowder, because as everyone remembers, and there's been like an, there's an outcry on the internet about the child eating the eggs and like people being really upset about it because he's, you know, evil or whatever. But, but he kind of gets what's coming to him where in, in the, in the fact that he's eating this chowder and uh, literally a face hugger jumps out of this oatmeal slop shit and I hops just, onto his face. Okay. <laughs> and I liked it because I wanted, I wanted to see him eat it. I will point out, so like I'm watching this, right? And my wife happens to walk past right when baby Yoda sits down for his bowl of porridge. And she goes, he doesn't want that. He wants chicky nuggies. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> she's right. He does. He wants chicky This nuggies. is chicky nuggies before they batter it and well, put he it wants, in the fryer. <laughs> he wants fishy nuggies. But yeah. um, at this but point, no, I'm just, sort of, at this point, I'm sort of mad at the Mandalorian because like half the aliens that I've seen this season have been like crawly face hugger style tentacled aliens. And this isn't even the last one that we see in this episode. So yeah, I'm like, it's true. you know, just come up with, you know, maybe just come up with something different. Maybe that's just me being whiny. But anyways, while they're eating, you know, uh, face hugger slop from the Matrix dispenser, <laughs> he has a meeting with the world's most untrustworthy alien. And he's like, OK, yeah, I think I think I'm going to go this with these good. guys. The yeah. guy that guy's like, he's like uh, chuckling the whole time. <laughs> meet me in the shady corner. <laughs> It'll yeah. be. It'll be totally fine. Yeah, we just gotta and go out in the ocean. And he's like, yeah, no, uh, yeah, we have to be like miles away from anyone uh, at all. But uh, <laughs> we've got your back. Don't worry about it. It's totally good. Yeah. Um, but he, it's possible that he knew that because it's like you know he's not stupid, or we hope that he's not stupid. It's possible that he knew that, and he was like, whatever. I need to go find these people. These idiots are the easiest way to do that, so they're going to go. Hold up. I'm sorry. Did you just see that my my door opened here? 
Yeah, I thought that was you opening your door. No, no, no. No, a door opened before I opened it. There, There's no cat in there. My door literally just opened on its own. I just want to point that out. You're in a basement, Josh. It was a draft. I mean, you're in a professional podcasting studio space that costs thousands of dollars a month to rent. And <laughs> you got to expect that things like that will happen. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. That's kind of freaking me out a little bit. Anyway... Anyways, um, just pretend that they, it was the the child using the force. That should help, I, right? Man, I know somebody saw that. So, anyway, well, he these guys are the most untrustworthy people. They're called Quarren. Quarren. That's that's just an untrustworthy name to begin with. Be Quarren. <laughs> yeah, that was good. But I know. I did. <laughs> I did like uh, their. Their whole, have you ever seen a mama core? And you're like, no, I haven't ever seen a mama core. I'd love to see what that is. And he's like, just get a little closer. <laughs> a little bit closer yeah. here. Just just lean over there, Wiley. It'll be fine. Hey, your door opened again, Josh. It was the cat. It's cool. It was the cat. <sighs> yeah. But anyways, here's the thing. As soon as he's like, hey, why don't you lean a little closer? And he's like, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> The guy with the <laughs> stick is just like, right, okay, I'm pushing the baby in. Does that thing not have park? Like, is there no emergency brake on the child's carriage? Because <laughs> I think that guy, like, I think it was in park, but he hit it really hard, you know. Mm. And and the baby was moving it a little bit closer to see what was going on. No, mother, oh, okay, it was so he, the cat. He, Don't worry. He was worry. he was, was in like cat. first, so he was like, uh, I'm gonna just. Yeah. And then the guy was like, wham. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, here's the here's the other thing though. Like, maybe I'm just a bad person, but like, at this point, I'm through being worried about the child, right? Because nothing's gonna happen to him. Like, they're not gonna kill that character anytime soon. Here's the thing. This is my question, Josh. Here's my thing. Oh, Do you God. think they're having him survive all these ridiculous things, only to at some point, tragic, like ultimately tragically, be killed? And that causes some sort of like huge change in the Mando's perspective and life and path forward. No, but I think it is preparing to quote unquote lose the child. Um, oh, okay. And this is all strictly rumor and stuff, but there are rumors that Ahsoka is going to get her own spinoff show. And so if that were to be the case, I would really think that they would give her the child. Because, I don't know if you noticed, but people watch The Mandalorian specifically for the child right now. And yeah. I think they're they're bringing in these new characters, the Darksaber, Bo-Katan. You're going to see Sabine. We're going to see more Mandalorians. Like, we're going to see Boba Fett. Like, those characters being brought in now are going to be what drives the show forward later. Whereas, they're going to pawn off the child to Ahsoka to give her her kickstart. To be like, oh, you want to know the adventures of the child? We'll make sure to watch the Ahsoka show that's airing in 2022 or whatever the fuck. So I I think that's kind of, I I mean, it's flawless. I mean, in in my mind, I guess. (laughs) Hire me, Disney. (laughs) Flawless in Josh's mind. That should be a segment (laughs) on something. Maybe not this show. Um, Okay, so... 
I tried to come up with a lot of really good names for this group of Mandalorians that show up, but I think I only got like two that I really like. Oh, they're the they're the Kazek. Yeah, that's a terrible name. So I came up with um, <laughs> the Blue Man Delorean group and um, M- Mando Atois. And oh, oh, this one's actually pretty good because of the way they show up. The Blue Angelorians. They're like, oh, they show up okay. Like, ha, 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 we're very okay. yeah. Anyways, yeah, these I these three blue skinned Mandos. Well, which, hang on because way, this is part cool. two. Before we get into that, I want to get into part two of Baby Yoda getting what's coming to him, and that's him mm. getting pushed into the Mamacore pit, the pit of the Mamacore. And yeah, it's, the thing comes up just like a tremor, and <laughs> we're seeing a lot of tremors this season too. Yeah. Comes up just like a tremor, and right in the nick of time, the child hits the cover on the on the little egg basket, and the Mamacore eats him, and Mandalorian but jumps in there. And gets trapped. The Quarren trap him in there. And so now you have the blue Mandalorian group right. that drops in. It, that's just what heavily. they are. But it's like, that's why it makes it not a funny name, right? Because like, it's a good reference, but they're just a group of blue Mandalorians. So it's like, the blue Mandalorian <laughs> group isn't that funny of a name because that's actually what they are. Like, You, you think they have these conversations jerks. like as they're writing this? Maybe, like, but it's still, it's just like, what can we call them that people can't make puns out of? I'm sure they don't do that <laughs> because you know what? I'm sure they don't give a shit because they're like, well, we don't care. They're going to, they're going to pay us no matter what. So we can And I like that the lighting want. went to blue now. Good job. That's a nice touch over there. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm the king of subtlety. That's what they call me. Um, but they, but the thing is that every, every animal in Star Wars that's bigger than say a bantha seems to eat by swallowing things whole and then maybe regurgitating it later. Like every monster that I have seen recently eat somebody has regurgitated it, I feel like. Except for Baby Yoda, who just puts those eggs down, digests them, and, you know... You know, poops them out. Do do you think this one got, uh, like, spit out, though? Or do you think the Blue Mandalorian group killed it? Because I I really think that... uh, But the point... uh, My point stands, it swallowed it whole. Okay, all right. But the all point right. is that it still swallowed it whole because once they get the baby out, she like tears the panel off because she apparently yeah. doesn't know that that's what it is supposed to do. Like, well, it was all you messed can just up. Just press the button it and was, it will open. It was broken because it was smashed. I don't like buy if, that. I watched it twice, <laughs> and <laughs> it's it's once they bring him out, the whole like right side of it is smashed down, and they couldn't open it. So she pulls it open, and the child is like laying down all terrified because the thing is smashing down on him yeah if nothing else i will say it just at this point in the episode i was like okay this is cool because there's a lot of world building and lore here that i'm getting like you know here's what's going on with this group of people from mandalore here's what's going on with some post imperials here's what's going on with some squid and some fish etc and and the frog people i totally forgot to mention this that frog reunion at the beginning was adorable. I, it I mean, was very sweet. The the music was wonderful. It had like it had that Titanic feel, but also like a like a post World War Two like soldier looking for their 
wife at the at the harbor like right oh right. frogman oh my god i love you frogman that was it was very yeah. well done it was just it was cute it made me all warm and fuzzy and to answer I your was... question mother um the doors just hang on, hang on. there now they can't <laughs> open it anymore it'll be fine <laughs> um but so moving on from from that they they drop in add, and you know kick ass we and we, we get D. out of there you yeah, <laughs> for for MBMTD because so, we need to talk about doors too. I think we doors, should just add yeah, that as a I segment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I couldn't um, help myself. Go ahead. No, you're you're good. I need to get back onto my notes here anyway. Um, oh, the I uh, on this whole introduction of Bo-Katan and all of them. I watched the episode this morning for the first time, and. Uh, I was like clapping and like getting all giddy and stuff in the living room and Kylie was making fun of me because that's pretty nerdy and stuff. But like that's what I do because especially when this sort of thing happens, I immediately thought it was Sabine at first. Um, I didn't really get a good look. It was just my initial like brain, like just the first thought was like, oh my God, it's Sabine and Ahsoka is going to pop out as well and this is going to be sweet. But no, it was even better because... The, these characters actually brought a lot more to this story that I could have mm. ever even hoped for. Like this, this and could it, get incredible. And and it was a little less easy, right? Like they weren't just going, "Yep, here's the character you've been looking for." All right, now here's the next. It was more like, oh, "Okay, that's not what I needed, but it is additionally interesting and helpful." Like right, and and Sasha Banks' character, like everyone was. Yeah, and everyone was theorizing that Sasha Banks was going to be Sabine. But her coming oh, out right. being kind of a nobody, Koska Reeves, like nobody nobody knows who that is. So yeah, it was none of these names were said in the in the episode, like I don't think. Other than no, As- I, the, the Ahsoka Tano and whatever the other one that sounds like Ahsoka Tano is named Bo Bo-Katan. I watch her it name. in subtitles, so it'll tell me yeah, who it is. And, and I'm pausing a lot that so that I can write down snarky thoughts where I'm like, yeah, I'll say this and then Josh will say this and then I'll say this. Like. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not wrong. But anyway, um, I, I, I just I love the introduction. And then her taking her helmet off just blew Mando away. And that's something Again. that those particular Mandalorians have done since we were introduced to them in Clone Wars. You know, you, you look back on pictures of Bo-Katan and... Sabine and all of those people and they're always holding their helmets on the side and well you know talking face to face well and it's an interesting um difference because most of the mandos that he saw in the first season right this is the way they don't show their face like all of them right he knows no different because he was brought up with them right but now this season most of the all of the mandos he's seen this season are like yeah I don't care if I have the helmet on well, and one of them wasn't really a Mandalorian, but like, you know what I mean? The point is that he's right. saying like, oh, maybe people can function without strictly adhering to this ridiculous old thought that they have. And you can tell that they got in his head a little bit too with how they were saying stuff like, because he asked them, um, what, you're not a real, where did you get that armor? You know, and, and right. she's like, it's been in my family for three generations. And he's like, you know, we never right. take our helmet off, blah, blah, blah. And where am I? She she calls them. What, what is she, She's like, oh, you're you're one of those Mandalorians. 
It's basically what they it say. Was, and, and yeah, it was almost ex- like a like a true believer of like, oh, you're one of the wackos, right? Oh, you believe in Bigfoot, <laughs> but they they called him the big fat. Ch- you're you're a child of the watch, right? And that they were like you said very uh, strict with their ways and like adhered to a very old code of the Mandalorian. Whereas these new Mandalorians that have lived on Mandalore that have been there and like fought in the purge and all that stuff, which that's, Oh my God, such a cool reference to clone wars. Just saying the purge, like that was the battle against like Gar Saxon. And like, that's when the dark saber came into play. And like, just that being said in this alone, brings up so much that was really cool to me um and and explaining to mando that like we're different we we serve a different kind of code and we're a little bit more edgy and new age and and you're stuck in your old your old ways and right and you could just tell mando is like just so taken aback he's like how, how well and can, a lot of how can this be Ugh. Right, and a lot of the characters that we've seen stick to the old ways, you know, just, you know, whatever their old ways are in whatever arena they're in, uh, don't mm-hmm. make it. So, uh, you know, like the characters that are still pining for the Empire, those characters are not making it most of the time, that kind of thing. Right. It's like, you need to move forward. You know, all the other Mandos, like their whole underground uh, bro hovel was like destroyed. So it's like this new Mando shows you like you can use the traditions as a base and then, you know, add adaptability on top of that and you can actually make it function in a good way. And he's, you know, he's still learning that. But I think it's pretty cool that they're giving him what feels like sort of a natural uh, course to maybe change his mind or to grow in a way that doesn't feel like you know, oh, you've cut off my hand, now I have to grow mentally because... I have to adapt. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I like the way that they're doing this by showing um, contrasting cultures instead of maybe it being an actual, like, physical struggle for him every time being the thing that teaches him the lesson. Right, and I really relate to that just as someone that was brought up in a very religious home and then kind of released into the wild and... <laughs> Like, get him, son. <laughs> got to got to know different angles of different things, you know, and and realize that what I was brought up believing not isn't necessarily the right thing. Like it's or 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 the solid solid truth or whatever it is. Like the other people right. believe in different things, and it's kind of like right. looking at at him and how I don't know, just how shook he was about the whole you, situation, well, and- you know. And it keeps making the point that even though that most people that you'll run across don't agree with you on everything, or maybe even most things, you can still find common ground with them. He's, you know, even these people that he doesn't trust their religion or their morals or their traditions and stuff like that, he's still able to work with them to get done what he needs to get done. Um, Right. You know, the frog people makes a great point about them, but he's still able to help them. Go right, ahead. and and she makes such a great point saying Mandalorians um, are stronger together. Right, and so and, and we, that's and kind of driven is kind home of our later. Thing. Yeah, so whatever the survival takes. Um, uh, I 
the I was glad to see the Imperials show up. I will say I was really glad to see the Imperials still be British. I thought it was funny <laughs> that they had an American commander, but uh, I did like that the you know those snivelly guys driving the ship were very British. Um, yeah, was that commander was he um, Barristan Selmy from Game of Thrones by any chance? Maybe I didn't I didn't write him down, but I could go look it up really quick. I think he might have been Barristan. I think the name was Barristan Selmy, but I haven't. He's like the older guy who's like, even right now, I could cut through all four of you like cake if I felt like it. But I don't feel like it. So instead, I'm just going to leave. And then the show forgot he existed as an excellent character. Um, I think it's the same actor. I'm not 100% on that. But he looked familiar to me. So I don't know. Maybe. I got it right now. Oh, my God. Hang on. Yes. Come out. Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Here at the Movement Podcast, we recommend you don't call in, and we recommend you not watch, because there are free moving doors, <laughs> and no one will be able to hear you. <laughs> All the cats. Um, let's see. You're talking the, the guy that had the speaking points, or parts, right, where he ate the electric cyanide? Are you talking about that guy? Dude, I wrote it down as electrified cyanide, which I thought okay. was awesome. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. just cool, so I'm glad we both that's picked a- up on that. But yes, that guy. Uh, Titus Welliver. He was in Lost, Deadwood. Um, he was in Argo and Transformers, Age of Extinction. So no, huh. not the same guy. Well, I haven't seen any of that stuff at all. So yeah, well, that's cool. I, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, Barristan, sell me. <laughs> sorry to give you credit where it's not due. Um, yeah, give so that yeah, they back to whatever Josh just said. <laughs> After like a a discussion here, uh, Mando d- like finds out that Bo-Katan knows a Jedi, because you know he's he's like I've been quested to take this baby to its kind to the Jedi, and she's like, "What do you know of the Jedi?" And he's like, "Nothing, nothing." And she's like, <laughs> "Okay, cool. Well, I know somebody, but here's a side quest." We're in the RPG Inn having a drink, and before you, you get back on like, your quest. <laughs> do you feel like she asked that because he was like, this is a child that I want to give to the Jedi? And she was like, Jedi don't have a great record with children. It's do you know anything children. about the Jedi? You just want to <laughs> hand them? Okay. Yeah. I'll help you do that. That's fine. You got to help me with something, though, because you're probably going to get arrested, just so you know. <laughs> Oh man, I didn't even think about that. So like, when she, <laughs> you sure so you want to give them this kid? <laughs> the first time that she said to him, "This is the way," but she was like mean about it, right? Oh, because he he was like, "You're changing the de- the parameters of our deal." Once they're on the ship, and she's like, "We're taking the whole thing." He goes, yeah. "Uh, you're changing the parameters of the deal," and she goes, "This is the way." Yeah. And there's like this, <laughs> like there's this dick. music cue, this music cue in the background that's like twang. And I was like, did he just go insane? Like, is he going to kill her? Like, this is the, mur- that's a murder music cue of like somebody's about to go. This is the time where he loses it. Like, just, yeah. Well, and because I was like, maybe he's going to attack her and try to kill her and be like, this is not the way. And she'll be like, no, wait, it's okay. It's the way. But it it didn't go there. I just, I think that was a music miscue. So, you know maybe, what? Yeah. That was a music miscue. You know, shame on whoever put that music cue in there. I'm going to say it. I don't even care, Josh. We got to draw lines in the sand this far, no further. I want to draw a line in the sand 
where with Mandalorian dropping the child off with the frog people. What? Why? That's totally the right thing to do. What if they? What if he's there overnight and they go to sleep and they leave him alone then with the frog them. children? Then that's on them. That makes but, them bad parents. But they don't know that he. Because that's kind of my point, though. In, like they walk. <laughs> they're bad parents she, anyway. She shows, I guess she shows the You're dad right. the eggs, right? Which, first of all, there are way too many eggs left in there. Some of those eggs have got to be fakes. Mando was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna put some fake eggs in there." <laughs> like, they're unfertilized, left. so those ones will just be the ones that don't yeah. hatch. It's really when there had to be like three or four left at the end of the last episode, and now there's like 15 again. It's full, but um, yeah, it it was one of those things where I was like, "Are they gonna have Baby Yoda eat one of the?" Ch- babies in front of the parents because if they do that like the show can only go so many ways like the parents <laughs> will flip out rightfully so and then the mando kick may him have out. to kill them or or yeah like <laughs> they'll kick him out or they'll try to attack him which would be fair and then the mando would have to kill the parents that he just spent all this time reuniting like it could have gotten really bad really quickly but it was but it went a different things- direction yeah, and it's one of those things. You may notice this. Um, every episode, basically every episode where he needs to do something that has to be fast, um, there's a character somewhere who to act as a babysitter. It's either Amy Sedaris's character or it's, true. it's these two family members or it was the repair guy in the last season or it was the robot in the last season or it was Cara Dune for a couple of minutes. Like, hey, there's like hang babysitter on to this of for the a second. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. This babysitter of the week thing where he's like, oh that's sh- that should be a segment babysitter of the week <laughs> <laughs> and he does not pay a thousand credits just so you know he mostly just causes problems and yet yeah, did, did he even fails pay to use any of the stuff watch? that he has correctly ever like as soon as they got onto that ship i was like why are they standing at the end of a hallway and having a firefight? They should just like walk down the hallway because they're wearing base guard and we've seen that just like playing like they would be invincible, right? Like shouldn't they just walk down the hallway? Like eventually he like charges in there and just beasts a bunch of shots. And I'm like, why was that not the strategy the entire time? Because you've been shown to well, just be get able knocked to do down that. a lot. I feel well, but he got those up guns again. Were bigger too. Those guns were a lot bigger on the last. Well, and he got up again. You're never going to keep him down. That's the thing about the Mandalorian. And he but it's if true. they all did it at the same time, right? Like if they made a line and just walked down the hallway, it would be fine. Like even some of their deflections would kill stormtroopers, but like I know it wouldn't be as dramatic and you know, whatever. But he never uses anything when he should, Josh. He never uses the kill everybody in the rib missiles when he can. I did notice that he didn't use those on the fish people, I assume because they're cold blooded and it wouldn't work. You'd be proud of me <laughs> that out on my own. <laughs> but he I didn't just, even think like, about it, but there you go. There's, that's, other, that's, <laughs> there's other times where I'm just like, come on, he's got a lot of gadgets and he hasn't used any of them. He's just like, maybe I can steer him down even though they can't see my eyes. Like, he does that every time. He's like, I'm going to just... Yeah. I also don't think he's trying to kill everyone at all times. Although the Stormtroopers, you don't really give two shits about, so... I, Right, and especially him. He doesn't care about Imperials. Like, he'll kill Imperials freely, I would imagine. So, yeah, yeah, I just... It was one of those things where I'm like, he should have been... I feel like every character in this show should be doing more at all times, but that's... 
probably not as entertaining or dramatic to watch so i understand i'm not it's not actually sure. a complaint that i have it's just like a, a picking of a nit so <laughs> yeah man i i did really like this whole uh ship takeover pirate thing that they did yes because the just i mean again like like we were talking about with the effects earlier it was just so pretty them flying up on their jetpacks and like landing on the outside of it and just the the skyline around them the city around them the 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 ocean around them it was super cool the the scale of that shot where they're all on the ship and um the american who's in charge of the two british guys is like how long until i can jump to hyperspace and they're like, sir, the antimatter containment field has... No, I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. They're like, dude, we can't actually like even climb until we're out of the harbor. And he's like, screw that. Just go. And then climb, it, it yeah. cuts to that wide shot where you see that ship like pulling back and then it, the nose starts to go up. The scale on that was perfectly done. It was like, yeah. I feel like this is a giant ship or like airplane basically just yeah. taking off. It was that was a gorgeous shot. The stormtroopers, sure. to their credit, really are very dedicated. Like the guy was like, "Go back there, commit suicide repeatedly until we get here," and they were all like, "You know what? Okay." They all just sure. did it. Like they were throwing themselves at them. They kept locking down those barricades, and the the stormtroopers were like, "Still, we're gonna do this." And then it was like, "Well, half the ship is gone," and the stormtroopers were like, "It's okay. We gotta defend the next door." Like, say what you will about those guys; they're pretty loyal. They're brainwashed, though, right? I guess it doesn't count if they're brainwashed. Uh, probably not. I don't know but... how stormtroopers work now. <laughs> I I don't really understand how they work either, because like, I feel like stormtroopers get treated pretty poorly in the empire well and that's why i liked this the finn character in the first two of the new three movies that i saw it was like no some of them are people that think about stuff like and you know it takes a a good knock to get them out of their conditioning or whatever but then they're just regular people so it, it it gives me the the feeling that some of them are actually really dedicated to the ideals of the empire right they're like no, I had a job with the Empire. I I mattered. I was helpful for a lot of people, and it was a lot easier than me trying to figure out who I'm supposed to be in this stupid free market rebel economy that has, you right. know, go find a job after I've been working as a Death Star gun operator for 10 years. I don't have experience in any other field. I'm a Death Star <laughs> gun operator. That's what I do. Yeah, nobody wants to hire me either. I'm like a felon <laughs> at this point. Do you know how good the benefits are on a place with the word death in the name? They're very good. <laughs> Like um, I, I do like their whole benefits. the long live the empire line that they said that that's a that's brought in from the books. It's a callback to like the newer series of books where they're fighting mm-hmm. the remnants of the empire and they'll say long live the empire. But I I, I mean it's it's kind of cool, but it's also like everyone has an evil phrase now, you know? Right. But is it an empire if there's no emperor? Like, isn't that just a very close-knit organization? <laughs> I don't mean to spoil episode nine for you, but there is an emperor still. Oh, whoops. 
<laughs> Should have went and seen episode nine. That's the other thing about Star Wars, man. You can survive a lot of intense stuff, I guess, like if necessary. So even if the child gets hurt and killed, I'm not worried about it because they'll come back. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seems that way. Um, I liked the uh, in in this whole ship thing. The the one of the funnier scenes of this whole episode was the one imperial officer and he's you know the the mandalorians are like rushing up this hallway and he's like shut the door shut the door and he like does it all funny like where he's like come on shut the door like he's trying to hide from mom and dad you know shut shut the door we'll hide behind the desk and (laughs) and they do it and he's like he's like sir to, to his commanding officer he's like sir we've we've trapped them and what what is he oh in the cargo control area and he's like wait you trapped them where? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, the, the Mandalorians open the cargo bay and they yep. just all fly out. So, yeah. Imperials are still just as smart as ever. Right. <laughs> They're, yeah. Stormtrooper's going to stormtroop. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But this is, this is about the time that, um, you know, Bo-Katan really, like, reveals her whole plan. And this is when we really get into the, like for me especially, like like when she mentions, she says, we're trying to take back Mandalore and I need something to do that. Those of us that have watched Clone Wars know that you can't be the ruler of Mandalore. I knew too. I'm just saying, you can't be the ruler of Mandalore without that Darksaber. So immediately you're like, holy shit, that's... That's why she's in here. She's she's going to get that dark saber. Moff Gideon, who was just talking to his commanding officer, telling him basically, "Yeah, you're fucked. So you might as well just Sorry, kill dude. yourself anyway." Yeah. yeah, you're done. But this, but Moff Gideon has the dark saber, and Bo-Katan right. knows that, and mm-hmm. so there's some backstory there where like, how did, how did Moff Gideon get this dark saber? Like, was there, you know, was there some other imperial? Um, what well, I don't know, like in, in, because invasion I have no on idea. Mandalore, like because I have no idea what the dark saber is out outside of having seen a black colored lightsaber and assuming that it's also like was written in a Star Wars book that came out in the eighties because that's the most eighties sounding name I've ever heard. Um, but it it was like you can immediately tell there's probably some story that they're either going to tell. Right, like, oh, find out what happened there, or it will be some kind of tie-in episode of a, you know, of one Star Wars show well, or another. I don't think they're gonna. They, I mean, they've already tied in Clone Wars to this and right. Rebels, both Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, they've they've tied in numerous times, but I think what we're gonna see is more. Season two is gonna be the end of Moff Gideon. We're gonna see. You know, a team up with Ahsoka and the Mandalorian's crew and Bo-Katan and all of them. We're going to see a team up going against Moff Gideon so they can get the Darksaber. And then they're going to take that Darksaber to Mandalore and try and take Mandalore back from whatever is is uh, t- is controlling it at this point. Because I don't even know who's running Mandalore right now. It's it seems like it's kind of a, a barren, desolate wasteland that the Empire has destroyed. Mm, so probably the huts. 
The huts are kind of yeah. into that. They're probably laid clear. They're like, wait, there's another desert wasteland? And we don't, yeah. live, like, dude, we got to go like right now. That sounds awesome. But kind of what they're into. But what I think, and this, again, my, my thought process here just goes straight to this every single freaking time, but Thrawn, I truly deep down believe that Thrawn is going to be behind all of it. Moff Gideon, he's going to be behind the um, Mandalorian getting baby Yoda, like, and he's going to be the one that wants the child to take on the Jedi. He's going to be the you one, know, one to bring him up to like, that's why they want him yeah. so bad. Like, so, you know what, you know why I think this is a good theory is because John Favreau was brought over after the success of Marvel, right? Where they were like, okay, we're going to set up a well-known villain that only, you know, fans that know a little more than average will know about, but they will be all about it and we'll set him up and we'll take forever. But once he shows up, it'll be great. So at the right. end of season two, there'll be a part where like he turns Gideon, around in a chair. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Gideon, Gideon will die and he'll fall yeah. down with the dark saber in his hand. And then like, but he'll die cause he's being force choked and you can't tell why. And then like from off screen, Thrawn will walk on and go fine. Then I'll do it myself. And then yeah. his <laughs> eyes will glow red and then it'll be the end of the season. Well, Th- that would be super cool, except Thrawn doesn't know how to use the Force. He's not. Oh well, force then sensitive. who cares? So then get him out of here. He's a loser, and he's no match for the Mando. I mean, if you can't use the Force, right? You don't need to be a giant military strategist if you're fighting one dude. You can't hand to hand military strategize against one dude that's whooping your ass. Right? You shut your dirty mouth. I'm just saying, <laughs> like. Um, it doesn't matter if you're like, I've he's the greatest millions of troops across the galaxy. It's like, yeah, but you need to fist fight one person. Like, well, your, Thrawn your knowledge is the greatest apply. strategist of all time for the Empire. So he's no, gonna, I mean, he's gonna look at somebody in a room and go, "I know exactly where to punch you to make you not kill me." Like, how does that yes. help you in a one-on-one? Fu- Josh, no. no, that's no. I'm not even kidding, dude. Thrawn, like. He knows things. The dude is super smart. His species is like made to basically infiltrate, destroy, annihilate. Like it's they're they're bred for that sort of thing. So and I I've I'm been reading scared. the Thrawn series. I've been reading the the whole new like prequel of Thrawn and how he came to be and stuff and the dude is brilliant. The way that he came to power is insane. And like then going from there and becoming this crazy military grand admiral, like he's I think again, he's he's a very formidable foe and the end all be all big bad for this series, I, I would say. He he probably will be, but my problem is that if you boil that down to like a final confrontation like in a room in a one-on-one fight, you're not going to convince me that somebody who's a brilliant strategist is going to be able to brilliantly strategize a way to fight well, one other person. He's <laughs> a he's a fighter too. He's very trained in in like the Star Wars version of martial arts and stuff. Like and he knows <laughs> how to, if he yeah martial arts. But if he if he he's he's like sword sword swordsman. He's trained with that and stuff, so like, a if he had a lightsaber, he'd be able to use it. Um, 
Or and I almost guarantee saber. he'll have. There you go. He'll have some sort of Jedi on his side or a Sith on his side. They'll be. I man, I could even see them bringing in Asajj Ventress from Clone Wars into live action. Being, you know, you you have season one and two is Moff Gideon. Season three and four is Asajj Ventress, and then season five, the last season of the series, would be Thrawn. Because he's the mm. one that has been pulling the strings for everyone, you know. I, I that there's that, that's a that's a crazier theory, but like to me, just Bo-Katan saying I need this to take back Mandalore opens up such a huge opportunity for all these different characters to come back. I mean, you could bring in Prince Shizor from Shadows of the Empire. You, I, I might have read that one in middle school. It was on sixty four. Yeah, and it was it was the Nintendo was it, 64 was he in Star a book? Wars game. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I read a book. Dash Rendar was the main character, and like he fought Boba Fett, and Prince Shizor was trying to. He was part of the. Um, Did he have light? Black Sun, the Black Sun. Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. He looked like Goro from Mortal Kombat without the two extra arms. He had like you the stupid I think ponytail and like. I must be thinking of a different character than yeah, But anyway, there, there's just so much opportunity here with, with that one line. And then moving on to, you know, Moff Gideon knows they're coming for him. Like, he right. obviously knows he messed up and did something to piss them off. So do you think we'll get a um, one of those cool AT&T long distance calls between him and Thrawn? And maybe we just won't see Thrawn's face? Before maybe, the end of the season, maybe like uh, like in season one when they were talking about he won't be or he won't be happy if they don't retain right. the asset and like <laughs> maybe you know what I, I miss from season one, Josh? I would very much like to see the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. We need oh man, we need more Werner Herzog in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. He was good. He died though, didn't he? Or did he get out of there? I can't remember. Oof. I don't remember. Oh, the character um, you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, shit. Did Werner hurt? No, no. I don't. I don't remember if he. Yeah, but anyway, the, the theories theories are plenty with with the dark saber. And as these episodes go on, obviously we're gonna get more and more stories. So I think. Well, I'm glad I to hear that that's. Be, it sounds like they're basically, they asked Favreau, like, you know, hey, how do we set up Star Wars to be like Marvel, where we can make a ton of it, but have all of it be quality instead of have some of it be like this and some of it be bad, right. you know, like. And have, and also and have he was all like, of it oh, just be, make sense. Right. And he was like, oh, just give me a TV show and I'll, I'll open it up for you. Don't worry about it. And then he was like, oh, Dave, you've got TV shows, right? Yeah. Come over here. We're going to work this up and open this up. And it's really, I know that it's very exciting as a fan of a specific property when they're like, okay, you know what? Let's access everything that we have and try and tell the best version of all of that now with the most money and the most effort. Like, I know that that's very exciting. So I'm really glad that you're getting that from Star Wars again, finally. It feels like that's been missing from Star Wars for a while. It, I mean, in, after episode nine, I was really, really... I don't know, I've, I've been kind of standoffish with Star Wars. Like, like we had to take a break for a minute, you know, because... We was in a fight. Kinda. I mean, my review of, of that was... 
was yeah, it was it was good, but it just like I was still disappointed in, in the way that it ended and the way that they went about doing that whole series. And like I said, I had to take a break from it. And now that Mandalorian is is here and like he's proven that it's a good show, like it's really sparked that uh, flame again. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting collectibles and whatnot again. That right that I'm happy about and like so I, do I don't know it's 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 fun to theorize think, again and, and talk to people about it again so so are you in the camp of people that feels like Ryan Johnson didn't respect Star Wars or didn't understand it or something like that and that Filoni and Favreau do both of those yeah. things yeah mm. I think I think that Ryan Johnson was the main issue with the whole thing. I, I even think J.J. Abrams knew and understood what the story needed to be and what fans wanted it to be. Whereas Ryan Johnson took all of those expectations and was like, eh, you know, and just kind of threw the script out the window and was like, yeah, we're we're done here. So right, I disagree, uh, but yeah. Well, J.J. Abrams had written out a whole plot line for all three movies. All the second no, and I, third directors had to do was follow that plot line. And right. Ryan and, and Johnson took it and rewrote the whole thing. What I'm saying is I'm oh, fine sorry. with that. Like, I think if you're if they ask you to direct a movie, you should have some input in what the movie is, you know, so... I'm I I mean absolutely you have to have input but like you also have to respect what the person before you if you're having a collaborative effort with these movies like don't just completely destroy it because I mean they had to get rid of Colin Trevorrow because the story was so messed up that he couldn't fix it like he had his own movie ready to go and like his scripts ready and stuff but as soon as Last Jedi came out he was like I need to rewrite everything. And they had I, to get rid of him and bring JJ in to basically make two movies in one. I guess what my point is, is that I don't blame Ryan Johnson for anything. Oh no, as, like, he, he tried. You know, he was, he thought he was doing the right thing. He was wrong, and but I think, he thought he was doing the right I thing. I still think the movie was <laughs> enjoyable. Like I still had more fun watching yeah, yeah. the last Jedi than I did watching force awakens for sure. Like, um, I just and I just haven't gotten around to Rise of Skywalker, like, and I don't think that's a failing of the Last Jedi. I think I just, you know, I mean, life changes, right? I had a kid and I moved three times and like all this stuff happens. It's, but it's oh, like, oh yeah, no, it, it I don't happens. blame. I don't feel like Ryan Johnson missed the point at all. Um, just to offer, you know, to play devil's advocate, but I also understand, like I was saying earlier, I understand the feeling that somebody has mistreated your baby and you, you're glad to have it back in the hands of somebody that knows what they're doing. And I think yeah. Favreau is definitely the guy for that. Well, and he brought the right people into it, in Dave Filoni. Right. He yeah. got him to come and help write the story because Filoni is George Lucas Jr. Like, he knows. I swear to God, they, like, transferred consciousness or something like that because he is literally George Lucas. But, but is that a good thing? Like, isn't George Lucas sort of bad at making movies? And, like, isn't it probably better for Star Wars if someone else is in charge of it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I read an article that 
George Lucas's original plan for the sequel trilogy was that Darth Maul was going to be the background villain. That's stupid. You know what should have been the plan is that Darth <laughs> I Maul should have been. But... No, Darth Maul should have been the, <laughs> the villain for the prequel trilogy, like he was set up to be. There should have been. He should have been the running... Vader of the. Yeah. There should have just been a running competition between him and Anakin the entire time, like yeah. double life and who's more dedicated and who's fallen further into the darkness. Like, yeah. and, and that then character a big was battle between cool. Darth Maul and Anakin at the end instead of Anakin yeah. and Obi Wan. That would have been, been sick, Trev. Way come on super cool. But like, like I said, dude, George Lucas is sort of just bad at making movies. Like, famously, Star Wars itself was bad the first time until his wife saved it in the editing room, right? Supposedly. Like I don't, Supposedly, I don't know the whole yeah. story, but like, yeah. but the point is, like, it's probably better that somebody that he had the baby and somebody else raise it, right? So it sounds like you guys found the right foster parents. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for <clears throat> everything to come out of this as well. Like I said, if the Ahsoka Tano side right or side show is is good, awesome. There's rumors of a Boba Fett um, spinoff coming out. I mean, you got all sorts of... Does that make you nervous? Kind of. For there to be that much stuff in the works? It depends. If they stick with this, if Jon Favreau and Dave Floney are the solid leaders of the all-around story, like they were in Marvel, then, okay, like if if Jon Favreau is the Kevin Feige of Marvel, you know, or Kevin Feige of Star Wars is what I mean, then... Right, right. Yes, I am all for it. I'm all for extra movies, extra stuff coming out because it's all going to be together. It's all gonna like right. come to this one full circle point, and that's one thing. Again, with Thrawn, that would be awesome if they brought in the Yusen Vong from the New Jedi Order. That would be even cooler. Like, the, and they <laughs> could do that. They could build up all these stories to, you know, they, they could they could correlate it with and, and intertwine it with the sequel trilogy and and be like, right. oh, you know, characters talking about how, oh, the Resistance, they destroyed Starkiller Base, you know, and and showing right. that sort of stuff. Like, I don't know, there's there's a lot of, a lot of places they could go with it. And I am definitely excited to see what else they, they decide to do. It's um, crazy, crazy bananas and very cool that you and I are finally living in a time when there are more than one Star Wars thing to do at a time and more than one Star Trek thing to do at a time oh, for both of us. Right? It's like, I never thought that would happen again. So I'm, I'm just, I'm loving it all the way through. And I'm, yeah. like I said, I'm surprised at how much Mandalorian is holding my attention and the quality level is not going down at all. Like it's not having that Star Wars thing where it's like, you know, oh, we figured it out. Let's do that same thing forever, no matter what. They're they're still right. changing. They're still telling new stories. They're still being really good about it. So I'm I'm really liking it so far this season. Um, if I was gonna rate this episode, I would give it probably a seven and a half, maybe an eight, because I okay, yeah, I give it an eight. I like it. I think that's what I gave the first episode. I'd say it's about as good as the first episode. Personally. And I like this one a lot more than the first one, so I'd give it a nine. It's not perfect to me that there will be a perfect episode eventually. I think the season <laughs> finale last episode. last year was perfect. That one mm. uh, had just the right amount of everything in it. 
I also really liked the prison break episode from last season. I think yeah. that was like pretty close yeah. for me. Some of it was a little hokey, but I think um I did have I think I have the last question that I wrote down in my notes is do you think that when he got in to his Corvette after the fish people had fixed it, right? He was like he sat down and he went to like take off, but it took him a second to start. And he was like, Do you think they changed all the language on the consoles to like squid language? So that he was like, Oh damn it, I don't read squid. I can't do this. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe, but he was probably just making sure that the fish netting was holding all the buttons together. Or, the, or that they didn't the steal rope. anything. Yeah. Um, and I he was also watching. Not... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say he was, he was watching uh, The Child because that was part three of The Child Gets What He Deserves, where another face hugger kind of like crawled to the, the top of the cockpit and tried yep. to drop on his face and yep. Mandalorian. And he caught it. Caught it. That was cool. Yep. Um, I, so I lied. The actual last thing that I wrote down, I'm going to start picking out my favorite shot uh, from each episode as we go through like one, you know, here's one frame that I thought was the best frame in the whole show. Um, okay. So my favorite shot in this episode was right after they um, bust Mando out of that um, squid in a whole thing on an oil rig or whatever it the was. The mama core. Right, the mama core. Um, and that was on a ship or whatever. So as soon as they do that and he leaves, it shows them like scuttling that ship and jumping off into the sky on their jetpacks. And it cuts back to this shot of them leaving the platform. And it's like the sunset in the background. It was just... Oh. And the ship exploding. It was yeah. beautiful. It was like a 1980s synthwave, pink and yellow, like neon space. Very cool. I, I was digging it. It was very well done. Yeah. That was my favorite shot in this episode. They've had a lot of good shots. Um, I don't think I could think of a my favorite shot. I don't know. I I did like the uh, picture of the Razor Crest on fire falling to mm. the planet. I thought that was, that was pretty cool. cool. Like I was digging that. I don't know. Bryce Dallas Howard did a really good job with this episode. I think she's yeah. becoming a pretty good little directress. Because <laughs> th- these are the first things that she has done, as far as I know, when it comes to directing. I know that she would like help a little bit with Jurassic World and has always been on set with her dad. But <laughs> I really hope that uh, that's not where she cut her teeth because those movies suck and no one should watch them. <laughs> and nobody should get any jobs based on those movies. I don't even care what you worked. If you worked on the visual effects for that movie, good job. But everybody else, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my One of my last favorite points of this was when we finally got the Ahsoka name drop. And this is where I'm going to pick my bones here because um, Katie Sackhoff played the voice of Bo-Katan in Clone Wars. Oh, I see where you're and, going. And she is now the face of Bo-Katan in live action. Mm-hmm. Well, Ahsoka Tano was a hated character at the beginning. When they first dropped the Clone Wars movie... She was not the most liked character, including myself. I was like, no. Yeah, I saw that. No, I, I, I think do I not that. want. No. Oh, yeah. And yeah, But she really grew into a a fan favorite um, for me, especially. Like, I, I love Ahsoka Tano, and I love Ashley Eckstein 
as Ahsoka Tano. She was Ahsoka. Like she did such a good job um, conveying like the the emotion and and everything that Ahsoka went through with mm-hmm. with her rise and fall and the Jedi and stuff. And I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is that. Ahsoka Tano has been recast by Rosario Dawson. Now, Rosario Dawson is playing Ahsoka in this season. Mm-hmm. It's been confirmed, all that stuff. That's great. I love her as an actress. She's wonderful in anything that she is she, that she's in. But... But why didn't Ashley Eckstein get her shot? Why didn't they give it to her? I mean, it's not like she looks too far off from Ahsoka. Yeah, Rosario might look... a little bit more like her i don't know like so do you would you like to hear my response to that which is mostly yes, devil's absolutely. advocate I, and sort of designed to stir the hornet's nest but i think also valid um, it, 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 I, my, i'm she, just i'm just a little taken aback because they did this with katie sackoff who's not really a, a well-known actress or anything neither is ashley Eckstein, but like mm, how, how katie katie sackoff has probably has a pretty loyal following though doesn't yeah, she? I mean, she's big in yeah. geek culture, even if she's not like a famous face or a famous name. She's very big in geek culture. She has a big following. Um, a couple things. First yeah, thing she being, was in Battlestar Galactica, so I can't even like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, first thing being voice acting and acting, not the same thing. Totally um, different. Yeah. There's two different things, and there's probably people that can do both, but there's probably the majority of people in both of those professions probably prefer to do one over the other, first of all. Um, Second of all, Ahsoka Tano becoming a much-loved character, I'm going to go ahead and just argue that that doesn't have anything to do with the voice actress portraying her. That has 100% to do with the writers and the direction of the show. And that's, you know, whoever's writing her dialogue and her story and things like that. And then it's up to the actress to portray those correctly. But she didn't write the story. She didn't create the character. She just was giving a voice to the character. So it's yeah, and not, I, I guess it's not her in the, in the way that the other character, you know, could be considered to be some of the others. Like Luke Skywalker is Mark Hamill, right? So you can't really have anybody play that voice or people will go, that's not Mark Hamill. And I can tell, but right. with Ahsoka Tano, it's like, um, let's say, what, 70% of the audience for Mandalorian has no idea who that is, right? Or 80%, like how many, what percent, there's a lot of people watching Mandalorian that have no idea because they've never watched any of the cartoons, right? Well, so I would I like, would say, I would I would actually argue that that's not necessarily true just because of the fact that Ashley Eckstein made so many appearances at like Star Wars festivals no, and yeah, interviews no. and things I, I, like that. I understand that. that. Where I she understand. Has, she's known in the community and like, I guess, I guess 80% of the casual I'm saying, audience. The casual I'm saying most of audience. the people watching The Mandalorian probably did not watch the cartoons. Sure. Right? So to us, there is no Ahsoka Tano in our head. Like, right. even if even if we were to go look it up and go, oh, okay, here's this character on YouTube. Now there's it's it's still just like that's some Star Wars character. Like, if you said, yeah. um, you know, I can't even think of another Star Wars character's name, but like if you said Biff, Biff Plo Koon, there we go, Plo Koon with the face mask. Like, <laughs> if you said Plo Koon, I'd be like, oh yeah, he could be played by anyone because a 
I don't know who played him the first time, and B, it didn't matter because he was under 14 pounds of makeup. So yeah. I feel like it's it's kind of the same thing for Ahsoka Tano. I understand where fans are coming from wanting her to get to play the same character, but as a person that is not a fan of the cartoons, not because they're bad, but just because I haven't seen them, I don't care who plays that character, and I prefer that it be somebody that I recognize if they're going to be like, this is an important character, there needs to be somebody in this series, Josh, whose face I can recognize. Because there is everybody else who's been in this series so far is a guest star whose face I recognize, which is cool. But Or it's a voice that you recognize. Because it's yeah. like Taika Waititi was, right. you know, he just did the voice. Um, or John Leguizamo. Nick, or Nick Nolte, who played right. Queel. Just right. the voice, I just, it's, it's one of those things where like, I get where people are coming from. I just feel like people are too defensive. And I feel like yeah. in general, I just, fans I just wonder if it was about more, that. I wonder if it was more Ashley that just didn't want to do it because and that's I'm thinking possible. there's going to be some action scenes that, you know, you have right. to train for and work towards and, and yeah, maybe and maybe she's, maybe not she's the like, most active or something like that. Like, I, I don't, well, I don't and know, but there's also the chance that she was like, no, I don't really want to portray the 15-year-old adolescent alien anymore, you know, or like... And that's another thing, too, that I wanted to bring up is at the end of Rebels, um, they flash forward to the the destruction of the Empire, and you see Mm. Ahsoka, and she's older and and much more mature, and, like, in a way, with with those... um, With that art on the last season of Rebels, the last episode, even... um, you can kind of see a, a resemblance of Rosario Dawson. So right. I would say that maybe because Rosario just has an older look to her than Ashley Eckstein, because if you look at pictures of Ashley Eckstein, she still looks young. I think she's even our age. I don't even think she's that old. Well, um, and, and if you're going to... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, just if, if you're going to put um, an older character in there, you want to make sure that they're... in an older actor as well. Katie Sackhoff isn't young by any means. And right. in this show, she, Bo-Katan would be about in her forties or fifties. Um, yeah. She was just a teenager, early twenties in rebels and clone wars. So, you know, it, it, it makes sense. Yes. And I totally understand why they wouldn't cast her in there, but just, just looking on, on like the surface level of like, well, I mean, the original Kerry right. Sackhoff is there. I mean, yeah. even I would even say, Tamora Morrison, the guy that plays Boba Fett, and right. all the clones. I would I mean, say, to trust me, this will be better than it would have been. <laughs> I, I totally... You I'm got, not, I know I'm not going to be yeah. upset. It's just right. a thing that I've kind of... Like, why? Why Why didn't that's you... Right. And that's fair. But if you want somebody to play a Jedi, right, then you need somebody who can convey a sense of gravitas, a sense of mystery, a sense of mysticism, a sense yeah. of meaning with their words. Somebody that if they talk quietly, you're going to listen closely. You know, like, you, you, you need a good actor for that. And, you know, maybe, let's say, uh, Ashley Eckstein is a great actor. Like, still, this is a multi million dollar money making thing you know mm-hmm. they're gonna go with somebody that they know is gonna work right so yeah part of me wonders why they didn't hire uh gamora the actor that plays gamora because i think <laughs> she would have been perfect for it 
Uh, because she's probably sick of playing games where she has to like be or wear playing a ton games. of makeup, being in <laughs> movies and shows where she has to wear a ton of makeup. Yeah, and she'd just be going from Star Trek to Marvel to Star also, Wars. She's been in two movies, multiple movies, more than two movies that have made over a billion dollars. So I don't yeah, she's think fine. she's hurting for jobs. <laughs> like she's probably no. at the point where she's like, no, I don't feel like doing that, but thank you. Yeah, you're probably that's right. where I would be um, at. That's that's where I would be at. Well, did Bol- we get this on here? Did we get it on here this week? There we go. Oh, there it is. Ensign Bailey is over there, so that's cool. Uh, section um, thirty-one, but whatever, Josh. <laughs> I am super stoked for next week. I'm really hoping that it's since it's episode four, it's going to be more plot-driven than quote-unquote filler. That they're going to actually get mm. to Corvus and see Ahsoka in this next episode. Um, Maybe set up like a mid-season partway finale. Like give us, okay, here's the end of the first act of season two. Yep. Yep. Kind of how they did in last season. Yep. Like you think the next episode thing. will end with them on the forest planet or start with them on the forest planet? <sighs> Depends. Depends on... What side quests he gets on his quest. <laughs> That's true, because with that quest me sign on his back, you never know where he's going to get quested <laughs> to. Well, and he, you know, he's like, it's going to be a bumpy ride. So that's just yeah. pure foreshadow right there. Like, we're probably going <laughs> to crash somewhere. I was going to say, that's Star Wars code for we're about to drive through an asteroid field. <laughs> yeah. But I am super stoked for next week's episode. Um is there anything, too. any final thoughts you'd like to get off your chest about the heiress? No, I don't think I really have any. Um, other than I would say I I was really convinced that the child was going to eat one of those babies in front of their parents and that there was going to be like this, a this scene. <laughs> well, there was going to be a scene that was like really uncomfortable. Like they hate the child and they show up and... <laughs> There, I guess I do have a, a small quibble where Mando is like, hey, can I leave this child with you? And they're like, frog language, frog language, frog language. And he's like, okay, so you're going to stay here? And then everything, it's like, first of all, you don't speak frog. It's been established <laughs> yeah. that the frogs don't speak basic or, you know, regular, because it may as well just be called regular. <laughs> but they can understand what you're asking. They just can't respond in your correct language. It's like, like Chewy. Chewie's kind of the same way. Whatever. I mean, like, because Star Wars hasn't made an effort to go, oh, the Universal Translator is malfunctioning, then I'm I'm upset about it, Josh. I'm just upset. It takes one line of dialogue to say we have a Universal Translator, and they haven't done that. That's all I'm saying. There might... Um, there, I'll find one. I'll find something in no, a book for nope, you that I know nope, you won't care about. Nope. But. It has to be on screen in a, in a mainstream Star Wars thing so that I don't have to go find it. I'm just going to throw all that right. out there. Right. Anyways, no, I well, don't have any other quibbles with the episode. I actually really liked it. I continue to really enjoy their um, glamour shots of the ships. Uh, Ricky had mentioned that that sweeping shot out in space, and I just, I really am digging that. It feels very Star Trek to me, and that's part of the reason that I really like it. And I like the time that they're taking with story. Um, that's yeah. not something that Star Wars is 
uh, at the forefront of my mind as, you know, a franchise that takes time with story. So I'm glad to see them doing that. Um, Other than that, for my part, um, I just want to make sure that before we go, we do give a really big thank you to Ricky. We really appreciate Ricky calling in and we're going to get you set up to come hang out with us next week so we can talk about the Mando, all three of us in each other's yes. ears instead of like yes. this back and forth thing. Yeah. And I, I want to apologize about that too. Thank you so much for calling um, and trying. I, we're still working out so many kinks, <laughs> but we will for sure get you on here next week, one way or the other. Um, yeah. And I want to thank everyone else for watching. Um, we had a good amount of viewers tonight. It was great to see everyone. Um, and if you missed most of the episode or you'd like to go back and listen to it, you will be able to find it on Spotify and anywhere podcasts are heard very soon, um, next few days or so. Um, be on the lookout next week for the new Twist My Arm episode featuring Marissa Allen. She's an author out of L.A. We talked about her new book that just came out, so that's going to be released here Wednesday, I think. Um, and then be on the lookout for next week's Mandalorian episode next Friday night probably around the same time I would say Um, (laughs) so yeah thanks again everyone for for watching and listening my name is Josh my name is Jesse live long and prosper may the force be with you we'll talk to you